Leagues light the tower. Your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe, on your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. One final round we go. Final hour ever of Light the Tower on the Horn. You know, some people say don't, you know, never say never or whatever. And and I do believe that, by the way, in the uh, never say never category about a lot of things. I, I can tell you with complete confidence that in the in the case of this particular program, uh, it, is, it is the last one ever. <laughs> It uh, doesn't mean that we won't cross paths again, and I'll get to that a little later on. Uh, but in this particular setting and scenario, and um, you know, in in this particular environment and all of that, this will be the the last um, whatever fifty minutes uh, of this program. So I, I'm I'm uh, been blessed to, to have all that, and we'll get and we'll get to more of that. Uh, we will give another uh, give away another copy of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine during uh, this hour uh, of the program. We'll we'll do that as well. And coming up here in uh, just a few moments, uh, my top ten uh, all time uh, Longhorn football broadcasting moments, at least through twenty. 22. That's the beautiful thing is that there's more great moments waiting to happen out there for Texas Longhorn football. Steve Sarkeesian just finished his uh, camp opening news conference, went a full hour, did Sark on that uh, press conference there. So, but before I get to that, I want to get to a few more of your questions. Folks asking me on the Specs text line, I said on this final program, you could ask me whatever you wanted to ask. I might not uh, have an answer on some, or I might not have exactly the answer that you want, but I'll do my best on some of those. So um, here's one that says, Craig, you've been in my car or my year for as long as I can remember. Uh, it says uh, Coach Meyer from Concordia. Yep, remember Coach Meyer. Can't wait to listen to the future for all of you. Long, long, uh, long time fan. I appreciate that. Of course, I will continue on uh, doing play by play for the Texas Longhorns. Somebody said, I've enjoyed listening to you since 2000, I think, when you had a show with Bill Shoney in the afternoons. We did. We did a show from 97 to 01. I first came down to live in Austin in 97. I've been on the Longhorn broadcast in one form or another since 1988. Um, so it's in any idea if we'll have the Longhorn Weekly shows or podcasts. Longhorn Weekly will be returning, and that will, like the games, will be on uh, iHeartMedia in Austin. But the, So we will have uh, Steve Sarkeesian's first show, Longhorn Weekly, with Coach Sark. And I'm uh, pretty sure that'll be at Pluckers again. And uh, that'll come up uh, in uh, late August there before the season begins. Elio uh, says, thanks for these last three years on this station. Honor to listen to you game. My question for you. Your favorite meal that your wife, Linda, makes for you? Well, let me put the question to her first. What, what, what would you say that is my favorite meal that you have prepared for me that I ask for? I would say uh, tuna noodle casserole. That's your favorite. It'd probably be it. <laughs> She's really good. With it. And I know right now some people are going, ew, tuna noodle casserole. Yeah, 
She does a great job with that. Also like the chop steak with the brown gravy. Right. And the mushroom. That's it's pretty good. Sometimes Linda and I have what we call 1965 dinner, where we'll have like what? Fish sticks. Macro, macaroni and cheese. Mac and cheese yeah. and and uh like mixed, mixed vegetables. vegetables. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know? A little so, cube yeah. carrots yeah. and uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. we'll have we'll we'll have that. We'll call it nineteen sixty five dinner. Yeah. So we do that. But she's a great cook. She makes a lot of things that are really, really good. She makes a Guinness correct me if I'm wrong, Guinness stout chocolate cake. Is that the best way to describe yeah. it? That's it. That is just awesome. It doesn't taste like Guinness because I'm not a real big fan of Guinness, but boy, does it give it body. It's it's great. <laughs> um, Daryl, uh, I've always wondered, have you ever done play-by-play or been the PA announcer for an auto race? One time at Thunder Hill Raceway in Kyle, I got to do it one time, and I enjoyed that. I had that a lot of time. Sal in New York. Great to hear from Sal. Uh, did you ever attend a no-hitter or a perfect game? If not... What was your biggest near miss? Oh, yeah. Nolan Ryan's seventh no-hitter, May 1st, 1991. I went there uh, to the ballpark that night in Arlington for two reasons. One, it was my best friend Alex's 30th birthday. Uh, But the other reason I went was because Brad Sham – had had always done the Ranger Report, little little daily update with Bobby Valentine the next day. Well, Brad had already left because the Cowboy games had left. So someone else was due to do it, maybe Chuck Cooperstein, I can't remember, but they couldn't do it that day. So I went, I took my tape recorder with me to the ballpark, even though I sat in the bleachers for the first six innings of the ball game. And at the end of six innings, I turned to Alex and some of the other friends we had there, and I said, I got to get down there close because this looks like this dude's going to pitch a no hitter. And I went around, zipped around, and I got down four rows from the field between home plate and first base there at Old Arlington Stadium and sat there for the last three innings of Nolan Ryan's no hitter. And if you look really closely, if you see extended video of all the people milling about the media on the, I'm out there, uh, out there on the deal. And um, so I was there for that. Got to call Adrian Alaniz's no hitter for Texas against Oklahoma. And that was an awful lot of fun. I really enjoyed that in the National Championship 2005 season. Um, question, do you consider yourself a homer for UT sports? I don't. I consider myself the hometown announcer. And there is a difference. And Brad Cham uh, laid it out to me. He said, you can be the home team or hometown announcer without necessarily being a homer. Uh, being a homer would constitute the fact that your team never did anything wrong, that it's always us against them, we against they, and uh, and that uh, you're always either screwed over by the officials or, or the other team or something, and it's never your team's fault. That would be along the lines of a homer. Uh, I am realistic enough to know that. But I will also say this. If you hear me call a Texas Longhorn game, there's no mistaking in my voice the lilt that'll get there when when they make a big play. But I also believe in giving credit to the other team when they make a when they make a big play. Mac Brown told me one time, uh, he said, I will never ever have a problem with you crediting somebody for making a big play. Because we Bill Shoning and I asked him after the remember the famous Roy Williams Superman play where he jumps over and he hits Chris Sims and causes the fumble and all that. And we both said it was a spectacular play by Sims, I mean by uh, Williams, 
not some gigantic fault on the part of Chris Sims. He gets hit from the blind side. The guy shakes the ball loose. Teddy Lehman plucks it out of the air and scores a touchdown. And uh, and Mac heard the call because somebody brought his attention. He said, I got no problem with that. He said he's giving the guy credit for making a play. So, um, you know, that sort of thing. Um, T-Bone, how long do you plan on being the voice of the Longhorns? As long as uh, I can do it and enjoy it and as long as they'll have me doing it and in, and are happy with me doing it. So there. Uh, Craig, should I fake an orgasm? You'd probably have to take that up with your partner, I would say. But if you're considering it, maybe you really do need to have a discussion with your partner. Let me just say that. Top three Texas high school football state championships that you've called. See, that's one of the keys to broadcasting, folks, is that you can transition from a fake orgasm to uh, calling a high school state championship game, right? <laughs> or at least dealing with the question of it. Uh, top three, uh, I would say uh, the Hutto Tatum 2005 3A Division II state championship game that Keith Moreland and I called for radio. It was a 41-38 game, a spectacular game. And it was... Two weeks before we called the forty-one thirty-eight Texas win over USC in the Rose Bowl uh, for the national championship. Number two would probably be the Hail Mary game, uh, uh, Galena Park North Shore against uh, Duncanville in twenty eighteen. Uh, and number one, I've, I've said all along the year prior to that in twenty seventeen, Highland Park Manville fifty forty-nine incredible back and forth game that ended after Highland Park had recovered an onside kick. Rallied, took the lead, and then uh, the long pass to Jalen Preston. He's tackled at the one-yard line to end the game. That would probably be number one. So uh, there's that. Uh, being in North Carolina, if you had to choose, would you pick the Tar Heels or the Blue Devils? I grew up as a um, Carolina fan. Big Carolina fan when I was a kid. I really did. Um, Craig, when was the la- first time you said light the tower? Uh, it was the 2002 National Championship. Uh, and, and the story behind that for baseball was that I'd had people, like, what are you going to say if they win? What are you going to say if they win? And I've always said if you try to plan something like that out, at least me, chances are I'd mess it up or it wouldn't come out right or something. So I always believed it had to be something that came to you in the moment organically. In that ninth inning... Texas and South Carolina, Keith Moreland brought it out of the break, and then he went down to the field to get ready for the postgame interviews. Houston Street's on the mound for Texas. The leadoff man reaches, uh, I believe, on a base hit. And then the next guy hits a comebacker to the mound, and Street starts a 1-4-3 double play. All of a sudden, there's two down. They're one out away. And a guy's stepping into the box for South Carolina, and I thought, what are you going to say? And the only thing that popped into my mind was Keith talking about flying home with the team after winning the 1975 National Championship and seeing the tower lit orange. And on the very next pitch, guy hits a ground ball to Tim Moss at second. He throws to, or, uh, to, uh, to Jeff Onaveras. The late Jeff Onaveras scoops it up and races to the back. Light the tower orange. The Texas Longhorns are college baseball's national championship that champions. That's, that's where it came from, just in the moment. And it's important to for me to try to stay in the moment. Um, 
Uh, somebody asked about the Sega night to this one. I, I mentioned that last hour it started doing in a high school game, and it happened organically there. What is Jeff's plan? Going to miss his Longhorn Insider knowledge. Uh, Jeff, you can also you can still catch Jeff not only with his outstanding work at Horns twenty four seven, but also uh, on his on uh, his podcast on the Longhorn Blitz podcast with Rod Babers, and also uh, with uh, Matt Butler. My um, good friend uh, Rodney Rodriguez, revved up Rodney, says, I'll cherish my time at the Horn. Rodney was just here yesterday. Uh, looking forward to seeing you down the road. Same here. Uh, John said, John Becker, um, which sport you personally enjoy calling the most? It's the cop out answer for broadcasters, but it really does have uh, a real thread of truth. I always say it's what's in season. And here's what I mean by that it's not just, well, whatever's in season. For me, when I'm calling a game, there's kind of a physiological takeover inside of me, as well as an emotional or mental whatever takeover. That in the springtime, and I'm call, or or when I'm in Omaha calling a college World Series game, I'm not thinking about calling a football game at DKR. Conversely, if I'm at DKR and I'm calling a Longhorn football game, and there's nothing quite like that, the thrill of a huge game on a Saturday evening on the 40 acres there at Darrell K. Royal Texas Memorial Stadium. I'm not thinking about any other sport. But in the Elite Eight game, when Texas is playing Miami, there's no place I'd rather be with a game with a trip to the Final Four on the line. So you, you, you're mentally in the moment. And as well as physically. And I, and I think you need to be that way as a broadcaster. So that's really my answer. Like I said, it may sound like a little bit of a cop-out, announcer cop-out, but it is but it is true. Um, Slick here. Sometimes TV announcers tell us they met with the coaches during the week to get a handle on the team, what they might do. Do you get a briefing of what might be coming to help you prepare? I do. Um, visit with uh, Sark every week. We have a conversation uh, before uh, games. So, yes, I do. Um, same thing with the coaches in the other sports. Uh, Austin High alumni here. Number one, where does the Maroons mascot nickname rank on your mascot list? Uh, probably a top 20, I'd say. But there's so many weird, unique ones, you know. Um, Maroons uh, actually is a is a relatively common mascot name. But it's still, I, I like the, uh, the mascot itself. In Mr. All, Maru. Yeah, Big there you go, Mr. Mr. Maru. Maru. Absolutely. Uh, number two, in all your travels and broadcasting, have you come across any other te- team's nickname, the Maroons? Uh, yes, I'd have to think about it, but I have done uh, another uh, high school game. And, you know, the University of Chicago, which was a college football national champion uh, back at one time in the early 20th century and produced the first ever Heisman Trophy winner, Jay Burwanger. They're the Maroons on that. Uh, Golf Lingo says, I have a dream to add audio to sports memorabilia, I'd love to include you in your thoughts. Uh, uh, that would be unique. I would say that. Your favorite city to eat and your favorite restaurant throughout your career. Mm. That would be difficult. Um, for breakfast, I really love Joe's Coffee Shop in Irving. Yeah, in Irving. Yeah, it's really good. Although Tudor's Biscuit World in Morgantown is pretty solid. And uh, also very good is the Machine Shed in Urbandale, Iowa. It is a you know a suburb of Des Moines. Um, the Pancake House on Avenue Q in Lubbock. 
is fabulous. So those are, those are good uh, breakfast options. Uh, for dinner, uh, you know, right here in town, Vince Young Steakhouse is fabulous. It's great. Uh, out of town, uh, I haven't had a better steak than Burns in Tampa. It's it's fabulous. I took Linda there. You went there. Did you like the, the steak was, at Burns? It was outstanding. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> it's good. Uh, but I've had to, um, um, uh, what's the one in uh, Kansas City? Uh, it'll come to me. And because I just ate there last fall with Keith Moreland, um, so it's it's. I started to say sirloin stockade. It's not sirloin stockade. That's there in Round Rock. Uh, um, but anyway, it's yeah. Those those are both good. Do you have any game day traditions? Asked Stanley. Get there on time. You know, try to get there as early as possible, especially in football because of the traffic issue. Other than that, just getting my charts, you know, properly. Printed, produced, ready, and sitting up there and and doing it, making myself comfortable. Uh, Mike from Buda, your travels in Texas, your favorite place for chicken fried steak, also for cheese enchiladas. Um, chicken fried steak, if you want a giant one, you go to Mary's Cafe and Strawn. They have the biggest ones. Um, the best ones I've had uh, include, in no particular order, uh, the Hilltop Cafe north of Fredericksburg. Um, the Round Top Cafe in Round Top, Texas, and uh, Jake and Dorothy's Cafe in Stephenville are all really good chicken fried steaks. Kind of hard to get past it. Had a good one the other night. We had dinner uh, on the square at uh, Good Folks. Good Folks, yeah. Good Folks in Georgetown. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. Uh, it says, are y'all moving to 1019 or staying on 1049? 104.9 is done as of 7 o'clock tonight. So what you're hearing on 104.9 is the final ever broadcasts throughout the course of today. Then they will shut down um, that. And then on Monday, uh, Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers will do a five-hour show from 6 a.m. to 11 a.m. I think they're carrying Jim Rome and then Rich Eisen and then Patrick Davis will start a show called the Sports Complex at 5 o'clock. That's the new lineup beginning on Monday. Uh, are you looking at doing any podcast about high school sports? As Spock says at the end of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, there are always possibilities. Things are things are discussed pretty regularly. So um, uh, somebody says, wake up every day at 2.30 a.m. for work. Uh, definitely will miss you guys. Um, do you have an episode of Unnecessary Censorship of Craigway? That was something Rod came up with when we were over – uh, at iHeart before, and I, I, I got to admit, it's 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 one of those things that allows the mind to the imagination to run wild. Same thing with the um, with that ad of us, the old days uh, at the zone where it's me and Bill Shoning and it's Bucky and it's Aaron and it's and uh, and it's Hugh Lewis and it's Chad and Mark Honig. And uh, Perry Watson, we, had t- we were all in this, John Madani, we're all in this thing, and it looks like we're naked. And you see us, you see us bare-chested, and you see our legs, and we're wearing black socks. Uh, but then there's a ribbon banner that covers the strategic area, and it says, total sports coverage. In truth, we were <laughs> actually wearing shorts, but you can't tell it from that. We also had another one where we're turned around the other side, and it's covering the back side, and it says, nothing but sports Anyway, that that uh, it was on Billboard on I thirty five won a bum steer award from Texas Monthly on that. Uh, same thing with the 
censorship thing. Rod would put beeps in there that would make it sound like I was cussing on the air. And the best example of that of all was a, a couple of years ago or three years ago, Texas was playing Baylor, was playing Baylor in Austin. And they almost came to blows in the game. They, it got really, really serious. The, the guys were nose to nose. And I said something like, oh, here's some serious – and I just kind of dragged the S a little bit. Serious stuff. Well, it sounded just like I said serious the other S word. <laughs> I mean, but but it didn't sound like that on the air. But when the bleep came over, here's some serious bleep, bleep, bleep. That was Rod kind of figured out that that kind of thing. Uh, what's the dentist name you guys are always talking about? Yeah, it's Dr. Greg Eckert. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so there's a couple of we'll, – we'll get to a couple more before we're done. Up next – We'll have a final Flex 30 update and another Longhorn update, a Longhorn notebook, a final one when we continue to light the tower on the horn, 1049-1019, AM 1260. Live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Everybody hit the high note at once, right? <laughs> okay. 
Uh, light the tower here in the uh, final uh, uh, 30 minutes up before we get done here. And uh, as we continue, uh, before we get to our last uh, Longhorn uh, notebook, I want to get to our final ever Flex 30 update. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Okay, you've heard me mention it many times over the years the computer. What computer? The computer. The computer rankings, the computer formulae that's input into the algorithm and the system by our good friend Jerry Forrest and uh, the staff at Pigskin Prep. So the preseason Pigskin Prep rankings via the computer. This is not a, a vote where somebody may have a specific bias one way or another for or against a school? No, this is what the computer readings say. So here are the computer rankings of the top teams in each classification. In 6A, Duncanville, defending state champ. They're projecting to win the state title in Division One. Galena Park North Shore is number two. DeSoto, who is the preseason pick to defend its state championship, just like Duncanville in Division One, the Southern Division Two is third. Westlake is fourth. Katy five. Spring Westfield six. Vandegrift is um, actually Westlake is yeah six. Katy seven. Spring Westfield eight. Vandegrift nine. South Lake Carroll number ten, and uh, actually South Lake Carroll number nine, and. Uh, at, at the number 10 spot is Atascacita. So let me do that again because I was looking at the wrong column. Duncanville 1, North Shore 2, DeSoto 3, Westlake 4, Katy 5, Spring Westfield 6, Vandegrift is 7th, South Lake Carroll 8, Denton Geyer 9, Atascacita 10, Lake Travis is 11th in the preseason uh, 6A computer rankings, Dripping Springs number 23, Round Rock number 35. So that's that is six A. Now, five uh, A, of course, goes to you know separate categories. It goes to uh, the separate divisions, Division One and Division Two. In Division One, Alito preseason number one, followed by Longview, College Station, Lancaster, Mansfield, Timberview, Smithson Valley, Frisco Lone Star, Port Arthur Memorial, Fulcher, and Frisco Reedy. The first area school in the rankings, Georgetown, at number 17. In uh, 5A Division II, the computer says that the number one team in the state is Melissa, followed by Argyle, or South Oak Cliff II, the two-time defending state champs, Argyle, Fort Ben Marshall, Liberty Hill is fifth, then it's Port Natchez Groves, Frisco Emerson, Lucas Lovejoy, Montgomery Lake Creek, and Midlothian Heritage. LBJ checks in at number 13. And uh, then uh, to Class 4A in the Division I 4A rankings. How about, uh, let me make sure I read that. Probably didn't want to get the wrong one. It is China Spring, the defending state champs. 
who are number one, followed by Bernie, Chapel Hill, Stephenville, Decatur, Salina, Cal Allen of the Corpus Christi era, Anna and Kilgore and Lumberton round out the top ten. And uh, the closest area school out of that, and I'm really having to scroll down to see if I can find the closest area school in 4AD1 because of how it all went down. But I am Burnett, I guess, would be highest. And that one's at number 57. Wow. Okay. That's that's the highest ranked 4A Division One school, I guess. I'm just scrolling through this one more time to make sure. Lampasas, 31. So you, you could count them in there. And uh, and then in uh, 4A Division Two, the computer. These are the computer rankings. Um Carthage, who else? Preseason number one, followed by Silsby, Pleasant Grove, Quero, Gilmer, Glen Rose, Wimberley checks in at seven, Belleville, Waco Conley, Jasper rounds out the top ten in 4A Division Two. In 3A Division One, Franklin, Brock, Edna, Columbus, Malakoff, Lorena, Hitchcock, Bushland, Grandview, and Winsboro in uh, your top ten. Lano checks in at number 18, highest area ranked school in those computer rankings there. 3A Division II, it's Canadian, Gunner, Harmony, Tidehaven, Poth, Wall, Newton, Holiday, Dangerfield, and Hooks in 3A Division II. And then finally in um, 2A Division I, Refurio, Timpson, Hawley, Beckville, Toller, Cooper, Centerville, Crawford, Shiner, and Stratford. Mason checks in at number 13, highest ranked area school there. Holland at number 19. And then finally in the, the smallest division of 11-man football, 2A Division II. It's Albany, Mart, New Home, Wellington, Bremon, Collinsville, Chilton, Carlisle, Burton at 9, Falls City at 10, Granger checks in at number 16. So there it is, your, uh, as the computer would say, top 10 ranked preseason rank. Okay, uh, how about one final Longhorn Notebook? All right, so here's the final Longhorn Notebook. How about a little, can you give me a little uh, NFL Films music here? A little Because I did promise that I would do this. And uh, so, because uh, folks have asked me, what are, what are your top 10 uh, UT football games that you've had a chance to call or be a part of the broadcast of, that sort of thing. So I've got, I've got those down there. First of all, um, uh, there are games that I worked as an analyst with Bill Shoning because I was the... Uh, the color analyst with Bill Shoning, we did 10 football and nine men's basketball seasons together from 92 through 01. And during that time, uh, I have five that really come to mind. Um, number five, Texas 17, Virginia 16, Phil Dawson, our good friend and the head coach at Hyde Park. Uh, the 50-yard game-winning field goal into the breeze to win it. 94, the Sun Bowl. Texas 35, North Carolina 31, a Mac Brown, North Carolina coach team. And Priest Holmes with a massive day that day. Uh, that was in 94, 1994. In 95 is number three. Texas 16, Texas A&M 6, ending the Aggies' 31-game home winning streak and clinching the final ever Southwest Conference Championship for the Longhorns. Number two in 1998. Texas 26, Texas A&M 24. That's Ricky Williams winning the Heisman Trophy on that final day and cementing it in the 62-yard touchdown run. And uh, they win it on the Chris Stockton walk-off field goal. And as analyst, 
uh, my favorite Longhorn broadcast to be a part of, 1996, Texas, Nebraska. Texas 37, Nebraska 27 to win the first ever Big 12 championship. Bucky Godbolt there on the sidelines suggesting roll left for James Brown to there. Now, on to the games doing the play-by-play. These five are honorable mentions, okay? 2004, Texas 56, Oklahoma State 35. Remember, the Longhorns were down 35-7 late in the first half. Scored right before the half on a touchdown pass to Bo Scaife. And then, in the second half, scored 42 unanswered and won it 56-35. Same year, 2004, a few weeks later, Texas and Texas Tech. Longhorns had come off the loss to Oklahoma and then the uh, kind of a ho-hum performance and a home win over Missouri, and that's when Mac Brown and Greg Davis had the heart-to-heart with Vince Young and you know, letting, turning him loose and him feeling better. Mac asked him on the field before the game, how you feeling? He said, Coach, I feel great. This, they had the old artificial turf surface there in Lubbock. He said, this is just like in the Astrodome. Mac Brown said, I knew I was going to be okay there. And uh, Texas won 51-21 and went on to have that big year in 2004. More on that coming up. Uh, honorable mention also, 2005 Big 12 championship game, Texas destroying Colorado 70-3, to but it was the first Big 12 championship under Mac Brown, and that's what made it important and a lot of fun in that call, that one. Uh, number two would be 2006, Texas 22, Nebraska 20. Ryan Bailey, that uh, what proved to be game-winning field goal in the snow there against Nebraska. And uh, in the honorable mention category, Number one would be Texas 13, Nebraska 12, the 2009 Big 12 championship. What a game it was. What a game for Indomitian Sioux uh, in that one. Now, my top ten in the broadcast booth doing the play-by-play. These are my personal top ten moments. People have different, you know, different favorite moments. I get that. These were just my favorite moments. Number ten is in 2002. Texas 52, North Carolina 21. Yeah, they went back North Carolina. This was the year after the Cole Pittman Memorial game there in 2001 at home. But it was kind of a homecoming for me in my first year of doing the play-by-play in the stadium where I used to go and watch North Carolina play and cheer for the Tar Heels as a kid. And to go back there and call play-by-play of a game and Texas won big was, was a real thrill. Number nine, 2004, Texas, Kansas. That's the... Fourth and 18 play. If Vince Young doesn't convert on fourth down and 18, probably none of what happened in 2005 takes place. He had to convert that to keep the drive alive. Texas beats Kansas. They go on and end up going to the Rose Bowl and beating Michigan. Number eight from 2005, Texas 25, Ohio State 22. That big game on the big stage there in the horseshoe in Columbus. Great moment. The touchdown catch by Lima Swede. Longhorns go on from there. Number seven, might be a surprise to some folks, 2013, Texas 36, Oklahoma 20. In what would prove to be Mac Brown's final year, Oklahoma was forecast to just destroy the Longhorns, and they went out and dominated the game. It was a really cool moment there. Uh, number six is the 2005 Rose Bowl, coming off the 2004 season. Texas 38, Michigan 37, uh, Vince Young giving us a taste of what would happen the next year. Uh, just a, a great performance there, and Dusty Mangum's field goal walks it off. Number five is the 2009 Fiesta Bowl coming off the 2008 season. Texas 24, Ohio State 21, Colt McCoy, 
to Quan Cosby. 26 seconds left in the game. Quan's final catch as Longhorn. Number forty, number four, 2008, Texas 45, Oklahoma 35. Fabulous day in the Cotton Bowl. Oklahoma was number one, Texas number five. Jordan Shipley, the big kickoff return, they come back and win. Number three in 2011, Texas 27, Texas A&M 25. The Justin Tucker walk-off. Final play of the rivalry, I said at the time. But the rivalry will be renewed next year. Number two, Texas 45, Oklahoma 12. That ended that five-year losing streak to Oklahoma and uh, set the Longhorns, continued on their course to the national championship. And number one, obviously, January 4th, 2006, the Rose Bowl, 2005 season, Texas 41, USC 38. So there it is. When we come back, we'll wrap up our final edition of Light the Tower on the Horn. In my mind, I'm gone to Carolina. Can't you see the sunshine? Can't you just feel the moonshine? Ain't it just like a friend of mine to hit me from behind? Yes, I'm gone to Carolina in my mind. Karen, she's a silver sun. Usually we play this when I'm about to go on vacation, so you just consider it a long vacation, right? Uh, we'll uh, uh, we'll we'll see where it leads us there. Uh, Jack, I got to thank you for all your help through the years. Uh, I appreciate appreciate all your help. Thank you. It's truly been an honor, Craig. You are. I grew up in Austin. You are a very big deal to me. Uh, you've been nothing but cordial and nice you never big timed me you, you would listen to me and brock talk to you at, at pluckers at longhorn weekly you've been just a, a great person to work with and it's been a pleasure thank you uh linda thanks for coming down here with me today you know thanks for inviting me we'll see if you have Happy to drive to home here. or not i don't know, I don't know. we'll see how everything goes there um <laughs> it was 425 years ago that sir walter raleigh wrongly accused of treason was about to be sent to the guillotine but he was okay with things and said, uh, as, it, as it stands, uh, at this hour, the fever comes upon me. I will not have my enemies think I quaked from fear. He has to feel the axe that would behead him. And he said, this is a sharp medicine, but it's a physician for all diseases and miseries. And then as the executioner hesitated, he says, Why, what dost thou fear? Strike, man, strike. Now. Unlike Sir Walter Raleigh, whose head was then beheaded and then presented to his wife after preservation, it's not quite that drastic. Uh, It's the end of the time here, but it's not the end of the time, fortunately. Uh, You have only to, if you're following uh, the Longhorn football and basketball and baseball fortunes, to pick me up down the dial there. And you've always been a pickup, and I appreciate that. Uh, to all my broadcast partners and co-hosts like Jeff Howe and Rod Babers in the past, and to all of my teammates here like Bucky Godbolt and Aaron Hogan and Chad Hastings, who's another former co-host as well, and Isaiah Collier and Mike Harge, thank you uh, to all of you. Uh, the management uh, and ownership picked me up at a, at a difficult time and helped me get through a difficult time, and I'm always indebted to them for that. Uh, Lee Hudson has always been a dear friend as well as a, a two-time boss of mine. 
So I appreciate all of that. Uh, most importantly, I appreciated you over the years. And I, I thank you for your, uh, your time and your indulgence, your questions. And uh, uh, in fact, it spurs me right now to give away one more copy of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Be caller number 12. I'm serious. 447-3776. Be the 12th caller. You win a copy of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Uh, it's not goodbye. It is so long for now. I'm just around the corner. And you'll you'll get an opportunity uh, to hear me uh, in, in another venue, in another uh, avenue, in another uh, medium. Uh, I'll be doing the high school football games on television again this year and then in the high school scoreboard live show. And obviously, as has been well documented and um, discussed by now, I'll, I'll be uh, calling the Texas Longhorn games down the aisle, down the dial. Uh, and uh, I look forward to doing that again. It'll be my uh, 23rd season on the play-by-play and 33rd season in the booth overall, counting the 10 years as the analyst, and 37th season, including um, my time uh, as the studio anchor. And it's all been a blessing, and and I'm, I'm glad and thrilled to continue to have the opportunity to do that again, to continue uh, to do that. And uh, have a great broadcast crew there with uh, Roger Wallace in the booth with me, with football and Will Matthews on the sidelines, and uh, Terry Kelly, our broadcast operations manager, making sure everything goes so smoothly. So that part will continue. Beyond that, we'll see. You know, uh, we'll, we'll see where it all leads down the road. I have a feeling that you'll probably hear from me in another time, in another place. Uh, but I'm not far away. I'm just around the corner there. So, uh, you know, you'll you'll have an opportunity uh, to perhaps visit with me on the um, uh, on a text line again, or you know where to re- reach me on. I guess they're calling an X now. Twitter. You know where to find me on that as well. So, uh, like I said, it's not goodbye. It's it it's so long. Uh, what was it Bucky said the other day? Uh, don't be sad because it's over. Be happy that it happened. And there's no regrets. Uh, there's no, uh, you know, I do not feel and have never felt that I've had any really bad misfortune happen to me by working here, by working wherever I've worked. Every day has uh, has been a blessing. So with that... I leave you, and uh, I appreciate you taking me alongside just as I have taken you as well. It was the great Vin Scully who I paraphrased with a quote, Believe me, I have needed you far more than you have needed me. Thank you for joining us. Stay tuned. The final edition, Chad and Zay, are coming up next. Until the next time, I'm Craig Way. Thanks for joining us. And so long from Light the Tower.